Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We're in Acts chapter 25. There's only 28 chapters of the book. So, Lord willing, next week we will finish uh, the last full book we need to look at. Um, we start in the middle of Hebrews when all this stuff started. So we'll we'll finish, I think, six or seven chapters we have to do. So about two or three weeks we'll be done with the New Testament. So pretty crazy. Well, anyways, Acts 25. So uh, he is, uh, Paul's been presented before the Jewish council. Uh, yesterday he was before Festus and now, or Felix, now he's before Festus. I think you can see why I get him confused all the time. And he's introduced in verse 1, after three days, Festus arrived in the province. Now Festus, is, so Felix is in the place of Pilate, if this helps. Festus is in the place of Herod. Okay, So um, one is more of the um, Samaria area, the northern part of Israel. The other is in the Judea area, if that helps. Um, well, I want to skip down um, verse 6. Uh, after he stayed among them not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. When he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. So this is something that the biblical writers do. They, they recognize that their leading characters are viewed as criminals by the broader culture, but they want to emphasize their innocence. They go out of their way to do this with Jesus. They do with the apostles as well. Verse 8, Paul argued in his defense, neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I committed any offense. By the way, th this, is, this is a Christian idea that you, you, you don't violate your conscience, but at the same time, uh, you don't you don't break government laws unless they need to be broken, right? If, if, if you're told to do something that the Bible says not to do, or if you're told not to do something the Bible tells you to do. But beyond that, um, we, we obey the laws. We pay the taxes, we honor Caesar, all that sort of stuff. Something for Christians to remember after every election. For some reason, I have to say that. Verse 9, but Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor. Now remember, Felix wanted a bribe. Festus wants popularity. He, maybe he's got an election up, coming up or something. He said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. I think there's some real wisdom here. We, we follow this today. Paul likely assumes that if he can get out of the Judean area, he has a greater chance of getting a, an honest trial. And so he appeals to Caesar. I think the real wisdom of that, we do it today in high-profile cases. Um, you can take the case out of that um, area, that city, county, whatever, in hopes of getting a more fair trial. I think that's what Paul's doing here. To the Jews, I've done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to these charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. His point is clear. If I'm innocent, set me free. They're never going to set me free. But if I'm guilty, then Caesar will condemn me and execute me. And I'll, I'll go and I'll accept it. But Paul's conscience is clear. He talks like an innocent man, right? Well, verse 12, Then Festus, when he had conferred with his counsel, answered, To Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. Now, this is his right as a Roman citizen. Now, um, this was the practice of a lot of um, uh, national leaders, that you would come directly to 
them, and they would try cases. It had to be overwhelming. We don't read about this really as much as we probably should in our historical studies of them. Um, this was typical. In fact, in the United States, um, this is why James Garfield actually died, um, was assassinated, um, is that when a new president was inaugurated, people would go directly into the White House, go to the president, and appeal for a job. So the guy that ended up shooting James Garfield was uh, probably had mental issues. I think it's pretty clear he did. Um, wanted to be an ambassador to this or that. He tried out for all these jobs before Garfield was turned down. Um, and later thought that by killing Garfield, he was you know, saving the Republican Party and I mean, whatever. But, but this, this has been common throughout history. It's only modern history, particularly the rise of violence and assassinations, that there is, there is a distance between uh, political leaders and, and people. Um, and so Paul is going to go directly to Caesar. Uh, pretty wild to, to think about in, in our setting, but would have been very common at, at this time. Um, well, uh, he then goes to, to Agrippa. Um, Agrippa is actually in place of Herod. I, I misspoke regarding Festus. Forgive me for that. Festus replaces Felix. Agrippa is in place of Herod. Um, yeah, eventually you run out of room for, for names. Um, verse 13 Days past, Agrippa the king and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. So, these two characters, I mentioned Drusilla, I believe her name was yesterday. She was um, quite the character. Well, Agrippa and Bernice are quite the characters. Bernice, um, Bernice is very, is, is a corrupt person. I, I, I don't want to give more detail than that. Because um, I don't really know who may be watching these videos, so um, just look it up. Um, she she eventually finds herself in the arms of Caesar, basically, um, but she's in a lot of arms before that, um, and she uses her position for her own benefit and and um, whatnot. So skip down to verse eighteen. When the accuser stood up, they brought no charges in his case of such evils as I suppose. So, so what is Festus looking for? He's looking for capital crimes. And what is it? Well, he may have defiled the temple. Well, that is not any concern of government, frankly. Uh, they've got bigger fish to fry. Much as I would say is, well, that is getting me in trouble. Verse 19, rather they had certain points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who was dead, but whom Paul asserted to be alive. It's interesting, the two people talking, the uh, so-called king in the north and the governor here in, in Judea, uh, it was their predecessors who were involved in the execution of this Jesus. It also goes to show that uh, Christianity really starts um, in a part of the country that, that the average person would not have known who Jesus was. And so it's really incredible that Jesus tells the parable of the mustard seed and, and the little leaven. It's just a little bit, but give it enough time and it'll really just, just grow. So to Christianity starts in, in, in a place that a lot of people just will overlook and, and, and don't care about. Yet from that, from the death and resurrection of Jesus, you have a movement that takes over the world to this day. It's, it's incredible, uh, the story that we have here. Um, and he says that Paul asserts to be alive. Again, from the very beginning, Christians argued, Jesus Christ was ridden bodily from the dead. And here is an early attestation uh, of that. Verse 20, being at a loss how to investigate these questions, I asked whether he wanted to go to Jerusalem and be tried there regard them. But when Paul had appealed to be kept in custody for the decision of the emperor, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, you will hear him. Um, well, 
then then we get it Agrippa and Bernice they come they've got all this um, pompous you know scenery and everything verse 25 uh, he says but I found that he had done nothing deserving death and that as he himself appealed to the emperor I decided to go ahead and send him again the parallels we should point out everyone who tries the case finds Paul innocent much in the same way everyone that tries Jesus find him innocent and so the Christian message is very clear when you go on trial be innocent of anything worth being innocent about they can find you guilty of blasphemy if you're proclaiming Christ to be alive. That's fine. But don't get involved with the law for things that, that, that don't matter. Um, and so Paul and Jesus are, are innocent, though condemned as criminals. Verse 27, but it seems to me unreasonable in sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. So there's here, like, so we've got to send this guy to Caesar, but we don't even know what he's charged with. What is it? And so here you have these these political leaders who are in Caesar's pocket. They're thinking, well, we got to send him because he's appealed to Caesar. But what do we put on the paperwork? I mean, th- this this is how corrupt uh, mob violence has gotten. Is is they want him dead, but they have no real reason to legal reason we should say to want him dead. So we see a corruption of the system, and and Paul here having to appeal, knowing knowing he will be set free. Because not even these legal uh, influencers can come up with, with a charge. Well, so now Paul will start his, his, his uh, trip to Caesar, and he's going to hit a few bumps in a road, or as, as we should say, um, um, a few shipwrecks along the way. So hope to see you, uh, Lord willing, Monday, and we'll finish out the book of Acts. See you then.